This is the PC Perspective Ghoulcast, featuring Josh Werewolf, Jeremy Hellhound, Sebastian Pete, and, uh, Jim. Join us, if you dare. <laughs> Hello. That's pretty good. <laughs> that was good. I like it. Hey everybody, welcome to the PC Perspective Ghoulcast, episode 563, being recorded Thursday, October 31st, 2019. I'm Jim Tannis. I'm Jeremy Hellstrom. I'm Josh Walrus. I'm Sebastian Peak. How, how many of these Ghoulcasts have we done, Jim? You said this was Ghoulcast number 539? Uh, 563. Five, oh, okay. I wasn't even but, paying attention. Yeah, I mean, oh, I, 539, well, 539 was the Twitch today. Sorry, it's podcast day. Yeah. Well, me. I mean, we can always rebrand without having to start over. We'll retcon it. Right. Right. I'm trying to figure out what's on the skeleton that's taking the place of Jeremy this week. Is that, that a, is that is a... his pet spider? Okay, I was gonna say <laughs> that is his new pet spider X that I just got in that I'm going to be taking a look at it. Oh, they did. They did send I one. Promise. Good, good, yes, excellent. But it was just too funny not to put a spider on my fill-in, who's temporary because uh, it's uncomfortable sitting over here. You know, I have a dollar store uh, skeleton here. On the side I, I feel so there. not in the spirit of Halloween. I'm sorry. Well, that's all right. Did you have my, my face should be scary enough? Yeah. This would be the one and only thing I did. Oh man, sorry. I'm just trying to get uh, the chat is is uh, as always. YouTube chat is frightening as I try to bring it up here. But uh, thanks everyone for joining us on this Thursday edition. It's it's impromptu we didn't plan to have a halloween edition just scheduling stuff pushed it uh as, as it has done frequently and uh and so i i was able to uh use an after effects template to have some fun and of course sebastian uh, as is being as the concern is being expressed in the chat is going to burn his house down before the show's over oh i'm sure so there are gb hey, pumpkins it's a real candle in there in fact it's a glade scented candle Ooh. I now have uh, a, a lovely autumn scent wafting, I think is the right term. Burnt this, pumpkin uh, smells cinnamon. like autumn? It does. It smells like cinnamon and spice. It's very and nice. All things nice. Kisses mm-hmm. sweeter than wine. I wasn't going to go that far, but okay. Mm. Sorry, it's a song. I asked for a candle and my wife had Glade candles, so that's what we used. Oh, Don't pass well. out. Yeah, is it ventilated in that basement? <laughs> no. No. A couple of holes no. poked in the door. All right. Well, uh, we're glad you could join us. We normally record these uh, these shows live Wednesday nights at 10 p.m. Eastern. Uh, that works out to Thursday morning, 2 a.m. UTC. Although that'll be changing with daylight savings changing here uh, very shortly. But we'll have uh, we'll have it up there, up up to date for you. And if you don't want to miss a live show, head to pcpro.com slash subscribe, where we send out a... Uh, you know, an email before about an hour or so before every live stream, uh, just to remind you. And of course you can always catch our shows on demand uh, by subscribing to our podcast in your favorite uh, podcast app or by going to pcpro.com slash podcast, where we have uh, video and show notes 
and links to the RSS feeds for the audio and all that good stuff, as well as, as invites to our Discord. We have a, a Discord community, and, and there's a, an invite link in every show note, so head over there and, and check that out as well. Uh, so we've got a couple, uh, like I said, it's an impromptu Halloween show, so we don't have any uh, any real funny or scary things to talk about, but we do have an interesting review of the long-awaited and controversial Intel Core i9-9900KS. This was the part that Intel uh, very sneakily, uh, you know, got in there right before AMD announced uh, Ryzen 3000 uh, before Computex this year, uh, like the, the night before uh, Intel kind of had their little uh, reveal of this part. And, and of course, it's now available, and they sent one to Sebastian for review, which he's holding That's for right. us there. I That's am, an interesting uh, box. It's we, we talked about this on an impromptu uh, Twitch stream I had the other night. Uh, basically, it's it's a little bit higher quality than the gift box material that you'll see from like a discount store, like a dollar store. The the walls of the box are fairly rigid. I was a little concerned about the bonding of this uh, satin finished paper. Uh, I don't know how well this is going to wear. And there, I we'll get into the hinge next. So that that was a big issue for me, but. You know, the, the fabric pull tab looks like it might actually have, you know, it's it's holding up better than I thought. I've used this pull tab numerous times now. It's not frayed yet, but unfortunately, when you open it, as you can see, half of the box opens and there's no actual dedicated hinge. It's simply the paper lining of this box, which is is already tearing. Uh so it's it's not going to hold up. I was impressed though by the quality of the foam inserts. There's a nice sort of pentagon shape that's been cut out of these. It's it's a dense foam. I think it, it's a nice uh, nice attention to detail with the foam inserts. But the box itself was a little disappointing to me. And uh, although to try to to try to make up for it, they did include this nice fabric bag. So when I do want to take this processor around with me i can put it in an intel logo fabric bag it is rather thin i don't know if you could see that if i hold it up to these lights back here you can kind of see right through the bag so you know the quality of the bag could be better uh and i think that's pretty much everything we had to talk about with that so i don't well, know I Jim, mean, be, guys it's that's because of course uh and of course our skeleton is now hanging from the rafters at Jeremy's house. <laughs> um, but, you know, it, this is, as we've as we've talked about in the lead-up to this processor, it's nothing new. This is a 9900K. It is Coffee Lake. It is 14 nanometers. It is, um, you know, 8 cores, 16 threads. The difference is, is that instead of you having to take a guess about overclocking your processor, getting it to 5 gigahertz, Intel is doing it for you out of the box. A guaranteed 5 gigahertz all-core uh, turbo frequency and it'll hit that we've seen that and it doesn't require crazy cooling i mean you, sh you should use you know a very very good cooler on it uh, i think intel's been demoing it with a 240 or 240 millimeter uh corsair cooler yes <laughs> um as the skeleton in, in is, their is position repositioned yeah. for us their recommendation i think for reviewers was to use like a corsair h105 or 115 or some larger Double width, all-in-one cooler. I used a uh, Be Quiet Dark Rock Pro Four, which has a 
It's supposed to be able to cool up to 250 watts. This is a 127-watt mm -hmm. part. We all know that that number goes up if you're forcing an all-core load like Cinebench on it. So we can talk about numbers and things if we go through. Just the benchmarks I have so far uh, have gone through and done a bunch of CPU benchmarks, have not finished enough comparison benchmarks on the new platform to be able to have gaming stuff yet. But if you look at it, I mean, what would you have expected if, if we said all things being equal, the clock speeds are higher with an all-core load? And the KS is measurably faster than the K. In every CPU benchmark I've been I've been able to run so far, and it was actually marginally faster with single-threaded performance, which I thought was interesting. I did multiple runs of Cinebench, and it was just edging out the K. Which, correct me if I'm wrong, but the K is supposed to boost up to two cores, five gigahertz, right? Yes. So maybe I just don't have the best performing sample of the k but it does not seem to perform quite as well as the new ks and single threaded and you can see like i ran the blender benchmark which does bmw in classroom and render times were a little bit lower you're saving almost 30 seconds on classroom for example but but just significant in, in, but in high-end financial software where latency is key did you mm -hmm. see market improvements and also did you turn off hyper-threading to get even better performance out of it. Why would anyone you know, when do I, that? When I'm day trading on my uh, eight-monitor setup <laughs> with my Matrox video cards, uh, mm -hmm. I, I I don't know, Josh, I leave, I leave hyper-threading on when I day trade. I don't know about you. I feel like those... You're not saying you couldn't lose me. money any quicker than you do now? Yeah, I mean, I have nothing to lose, literally. I have nothing to uh, invest Nothing to lose and nothing to gain as a result. You, you know, can't win, I, you can't win unless you play the game. And speaking of the game, I actually I was going to uh, build a wall of NVIDIA boxes to put behind me, but I did not. <laughs> <laughs> I have not given us nearly enough money for you to do that, so come on. I know. It's like, well, yeah. we but, could have know, done I mean, a wall of Intel boxes too, but I have like six of them. But you know, it is as you were as you were saying before we got sidetracked. There, it isn't. It is interesting how the ninety nine hundred K because I mean it does, it does come down to samples, and and if your ninety nine hundred K just wasn't hitting those those frequencies, because there should be no difference in in low core count, like one to two core utilization workloads. It should be hitting roughly the same boosts, and yet yet we're seeing a small advantage for that ninety nine hundred KS. And then, of course, at, at all cores, you are going to see the difference. But again, only with stock. I mean, you can take, it's important to reiterate here, you can take a 9900K you may already have today. And if you have oh, yeah. a good, good sample and good cooling, you can make your own 9900KS, you know, so to speak, by just overclocking it yourself. So this is something that they're putting into the market. And, you know, what was the, uh, the list price was 517? Is that right? For the KS? For the KS. The, what was the, the recommended customer price, which is a 1,000 unit price, uh, is actually listed as a range now. Hmm. And it's listed as 513 to 524. Okay. Okay. And, uh, and, and the we actual... haven't seen that yet, though. We've No, no, we've no. Been... Yeah, the, yeah. The actual prices we've seen started with Newegg at 569 yesterday. Uh, Micro Center was selling it originally for 699, but then it came down to 599 later. I was watching. Uh, 
Nate from Legit Reviews was posting updates of uh, e-tail availability of the of the CPU. I don't think anyone's been closer to retail, like recommended customer price. So I mean, street prices so far, the low end has been about five seventy, which doesn't shock me. I don't know about you, but I was thinking a a processor that has been selling for about four eighty five consistently for the last few months in the 9900k getting a very special limited edition ultra bend pre-overclocked version you'd think you'd pay a decent premium for that because there i mean you can go out and buy pre-bend chips already from like there's at least one outlet that does this right is it silicon lottery am i forgetting yeah i think it's it's something like that yeah there there is one that Mm -hmm. they'll guarantee you there's there have been ways of getting or like obtaining a very high performing chip. And this has already passed all of that validation, presumably with Intel, where it'll hit these frequencies and it'll hit them within that interesting 127 watt TDP target. I'm not sure exactly what thermal design profile scenario it is that it hits 127. Because it certainly consumes more power than that in like all core Cinebench, but I doubt AMD or Intel want you testing their CPUs and saying, you know, all core Cinebench, that is a realistic test for any person to, you know, if you're doing H.264 or whatever kind of encoding, the encoding test, the the rendering test I did, it was certainly pulling more than 127. But to actually get an, a, a number, we would have to do something more than power testing at the wall, total system, because there's a lot of factors on the chart, it shows for this, I think, 289 watts total consumption under load. That's all core Cinebench. That's with a GTX 1650 graphics card, so a lower power graphics card. But there's also the overhead of the power supply to be considered. It was like 80 plus gold rated 1000 watt power supply. So, you know, 90 some percent of the power from the wall actually even makes it to the system. And then there's overhead on the motherboard, memory, storage, and all of that. So, I, I would assume this is still pulling close to 200 watts under an all-core load, which is more than the 9900K. So it's, it's there's a huge disparity, though, between these Intel processors and AMD's R9-3900X under load, because that, worst-case scenario, I only have that recorded just over 200 watts in an all-core load. You know, all other things being equal, the 7-nanometer process from AMD does consume quite a bit less power. And this KS was consuming 54 additional watts compared to the K. And, you know, I've, I've overclocked a K before and not very well, but overclocked it enough to get it stable at five gigahertz by pouring a lot of extra voltage at it. And it was pulling a lot more than this. And I was at like 1.3 to 1.35 volts. This processor is under 1.25 volts giving you the same performance. So as far as that goes, if you if you were looking for just a gaming CPU, like the best CPU for gaming, which I'm sure is what Intel will be going after because they cannot say they're the best at multi-threaded performance. Clearly, you have 12 cores, 24 threads from the Ryzen part at $500. It is going to beat Intel in almost every multi-thread optimized benchmark or application. So you I think this will get a lot more interesting once the high-end desktop parts come out from Intel, the Core X series, which, of course, are going to be more expensive than this. 
this $500 range is what I was testing. So the K, the 3900X, and then this, which as it turns out is actually closer to $600 at retail, as my son apparently is trying to uh, break through the floor. He's doing a good job. The horse? Yeah. Well, you know, this is like one of the first times I've seen in ages where AMD really just kind of beats the pants off of Intel, and especially in power draw. I mean, when's the last time you saw an AMD chip do that? It was like Athlon 64 days. It gets a Pentium 4. That's just, just crazy talk. Usually it's, you know, it's the, the what, the 9570 <laughs> that was pulling up, you know, 300 watts and a full system drawn. Yeah. Crazy. Oh, that, yeah, yeah that 9590, which I think yeah. carried a TDP of something like 220 watts, but obviously. Yeah. It would exceed that under load. I could never actually get one of those to sustain clocks at all under all core load because it would start to throttle almost immediately. Well, it'd go down with to 4.7 cooler, at least. Yeah. So, yeah. It was, it was one of those things where if you were watching the system monitor, uh, the CPU would be going up to 100% and down to 40 and up to 100 and down to 40. And it would just constantly cut itself back. But those days are gone. Those yeah. the old architecture was uh wasn't good. There were some bad years for AMD. It was. They they kind of mm-hmm. took the wrong branch badly. Yeah. They didn't predict the prediction. right branch to go down. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, CM, <laughs> CMT is the future. <laughs> hey, at least they but, still got good warranties. Oh yeah. Oh well, yeah. yeah. And that, that I is... completely missed that too. I'm like, okay, yeah, one year warranty, blah blah blah. Like, I didn't. Yeah, it, 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 it can't be real. Yeah, so just just for everyone to be clear, uh, you know, it, these, this class of Intel processors usually carries a three year warranty, and with the 9900KS, it's twelve months. It's one year, and they obviously weren't shouting that from the rooftops. They weren't, uh, you know, they, they were they didn't hide it. It's clearly written in the product marketing, but they didn't call attention to it. Uh, you know that. That, so that that's interesting. Now, of course, that's tied with their new, or I guess not new, but revamped uh, processor. What, what do they call it? Um, it's it's basically it's like an overclocker warranty thing where you can spend an extra twenty something bucks, and or I, I don't recall the exact price, and it varies based on. I think the it's twenty five, twenty five for a year. Okay, isn't that bundled yeah. with this processor? It comes with it. Oh, oh, is that the case? Okay, I don't. Yeah, I, I don't think know, when, but... at least when you buy it at Micro Center, I don't know if it's if every outlet is selling it with the um, performance. What is it called? It's not overclocking insurance. Yeah. That's really what it is. Yeah, it's basically uh, in the past. If you overclocked your processor and it was and it had damage and it was clearly caused by you running the processor out of spec, they wouldn't cover it on a replacement. But then they have this this program that they revamped uh, recently. They lowered the price on it. And basically, it's it's overclock insurance. So go ahead and overclock it, and if you do fry it, they'll replace it for you. But again, that's not you shouldn't make that. You know, you shouldn't tie a warranty to that. There should be some basic warranty that's longer than a year. And because you know, I mean, if somebody does fry it by overclocking, you can make the argument that that Intel shouldn't be responsible for that. But if there's some flaw in this thing and it and it's running in spec and dies after two years, that sucks. I mean, that's that's no good. It's the performance tuning protection plan. Okay. Uh, but, you know, but again, in summary, uh, so like we said, it, 
this this isn't anything new in the types of workloads where core count matters and thread count amd is still going to win at that 500 price point with the 3900x and in in areas where single core and you know ipc is more important uh intel is going to win uh and, and as sebastian said he didn't have time to do gaming tests uh like dedicated gaming tests those will be coming uh, but in the one test, the one gaming-like test he did, the 3D, 3D Mark Time Spy test, you see that the 9900KS does, uh, you know, eke out a victory over the 3900X, to which, as a consumer, you should look at that and say, okay, do I want the absolute best performance at any cost? You say, okay, fine. And But if, if, if you are a multi-workload user, like many of us are, and, and you think that, you know, I do want good gaming performance, but I also want to render videos faster, and things like that, then you look at the Ryzen side and say, well, that's probably your better bet because that's going to give you almost as good of a game performance as the Intel part, uh, but also give you that flexibility for those those multi-core workloads too. But yeah, there's no the, arguing with with physics. I mean, there's just there's physically more cores in the Ryzen part, and they they've improved their IPC with this by. In, Increasing the clocks as they didn't do any kind of architectural change. It's it's literally just a pre-overclocked, specially binned to run those speeds at a lower voltage. And yep. obviously there may be concerns about it lasting quite as long as the standard K if they've lowered the warranty by two thirds. Yeah, which is um unfortunate considering Intel's uh position on the questions over the Ryzen BIOS changes. Because yeah. of course, isn't marketing fun? You yeah. know, you you attack, and then you do the same thing. It's like Samsung. It's like the ads the that notch. they had created yeah. mocking the notch, and the people who had notch haircuts, and people who couldn't plug in their headphones to their phone. They've taken away the headphone jack. They have hole cutouts for cameras on the front of their phones now. It's the, everybody does the same stuff. Yep, I thought you were frozen there for a second, Josh. You had a, uh, a perplexed look on your face. You weren't moving. He looks, and, and you're muted too. I, I often have a perplexed look on my face. <laughs> okay, fair enough. It's nothing well, personal. It's just it's life. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that, well, that's that's the 9900KS or Kentucky Shroud, I guess, as they've yeah. been, uh, yep. uh, as we've called it, and others. But uh, check out Sebastian's initial review, and then he'll have more in terms of gaming tests and stuff like that. Uh, like which we said, you know, the gaming the gaming side of things is where Intel is going to push this, and 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 it's going to be it's you know it it's going to have a, it's probably going to win it's probably going to win these gaming tests. It's just the question of how much and what that means uh, for your buying decision there. But and I have uh, to say, you know, in in producing those results, I'm having so much fun this week <laughs> because what could be more fun than running gaming tests at low resolutions to try to show differences between CPUs with the same graphics card. And yeah. in fact, the last CPU launch, the last time I tried testing CPU performance with, it was an RTX 2080, I did 1080 Ultra. I'm thinking, well, you know, we're getting into where it would start to seem ridiculous to test at lower resolutions or lower quality settings than that if you have such a high-end part. Who would buy a $500 processor and pair it with an entry-level GPU and run games at 720? But... If you're simply testing CPU performance with a graphics card, I, I went both ways on it. The, the feedback I got from that review was basically test at lower resolutions because you're not creating enough of a CPU bottleneck. So this time I said, okay, I'll go ahead and take a couple of the really demanding games, 
and I'll do like a DX11 and a DX12 game. So I did Far Cry 5 and Metro Exodus. And I did my usual 1080 Ultra uh, benchmark runs. And then I lowered the quality settings down to high and then lowered the resolution down to 1280 by 720. And in the case of Far Cry 5, also disabled the HD texture pack like that matters because I think it's just more of a VRAM issue. But I've done testing on the low resolution as well. So there will be 720 high results and 1080 ultra results to look at and see if that makes any kind of a difference. I really, though, it seems almost like this is a a pointless exercise because we could just add a few percentage points to the 9900K results and say, well, here are your KS results. They're slightly faster because nothing else has changed. The one thing that has changed since the last time I did any kind of CPU benchmarking is on the AMD side. I'm not going to go on another rant about AGISA code, but I'm testing with the currently available version, at least the currently available release version, since, of course, 1.0.0.4 builds are out there. You can find them, but those are not finalized yet. I'm a little nervous about running pre-release firmware and then actually spending the time to benchmark on that firmware and only to have it change in two weeks when it's released or three weeks or whatever that's going to be. So as of right now, I've actually seen a revision B of the 1.0.0.4 already. So this it's not final. So this is all 1003 ABBA stuff. And it's only the second time I've even been testing Ryzen CPUs on that current firmware, which in performance is slightly lower across the board compared to my launch review of the 3900 and 3700X. And that all that's going to do is make these Intel parts look even better by comparison in the gaming results. That's I'm kind of that's my warning. If you compare the launch review of the Ryzen processors to this new Intel review, you're going to see lower results from Ryzen than I did at the Ryzen launch and it's because of Agisa and I've actually had to place that into the charts now. We're looking at a 1.0.0.2 uh, result that'll be marked and anything else will be marked with whatever version of the Agisa code that it was tested with at that time just to make it crystal clear and make the charts even wider and the text even smaller <laughs> well and just uh so we're clear i i always assumed that you were just gonna tack on a few percentage to the 9900k results no Jim, I can't do that. (laughs) Where's the fun in that? Where's the fun in doing that when you could stay up till two o'clock in the morning and then rise at eight the next day and start all over again to, you know, only to throw away one of your days of testing entirely because you realized that memory you installed was still running at default 2400 speed and not the XMP 3200 speed you did all of your other benchmarking with. So... Well, I, I mean, I, you I almost got away with it. I just assumed yeah. in general that benchmarks were made up, but maybe yours are. No, I can't be no. bought. I do all my own benchmarking, and it's a painful process. I, don't know what I, I would have to actually publish a review to have my benchmarks made up. So there's the <laughs> oh, the, biohazard the in the chat telling me I need to test at 800 by 600. You know, I thought about this. I need to find. I need some help. I need to crowdsource this. I need a list of benchmarks. That will run on every platform going back to it doesn't go all the way back to the 386 era i would like 486 we can stick to the pentium era i'd like to know what cpu benchmark i can run on every single era platform and 
if I have to do like free DOS on a modern computer to run a DOS application, then I will, if that's what we have to do for compatibility. But can you imagine then, how, how slow Cinebench is going to be on a 386? <laughs> I, I feel like a, an original K6. Yeah. I, It'll be I one wonder, of those original SSD versus hard drive charts. Mm-hmm. Or if you want to show the hard Locking drive, every SSD is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, the CPU has to be able to do at least 32 bit code to run Cinebench, right? So it, we'd have to eliminate the 386. So that, that can only execute 16 bit code, I think. No, 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 no. 386. Can it do 32 bit? Oh, okay. Oh, so, okay. I could. All right. So no yeah. 286s. No and I, I have an original K6. Sorry. I have a PR160 K6, so it's 133 Ooh. megahertz, I think. I have numerous no, I mean, K6s. No, the K6 so have... only came out in, in, in 166, 200, and 233 initially. Mm. Okay. So they didn't really have a PR a rating on the K6. It was... No, the K5 okay. had PR ratings. The K6, oh, I'm thinking, I think of, I'm thinking of the 5. I'm thinking of the 5, the gold yeah. top 5 that I have. The K I have actually I recently acquired a K6 3 450 Ooh, which is supposed to outperform the K6 2 plus 500 so we'll 500, do some benchmarks yeah. on that. Yeah. It's the cache, 6K of L2. Yeah. So there's a lot of lot of stuff to unpack there. We have to go back in time to uh learn about the future and to but, see what the fastest processor for native uh 16 and 32 bit uh benchmarking is I guess or something. Okay, I because I, I still didn't get to the point of why you would want to do all this. Just to show, you know, uh, I don't know, make a graph story. that starts really slow. I I'll do this on my in my own at some point because this is what I could possibly choose to do for fun. Like I could actually have, like, can, can not not can it run Crisis? Probably just toss. Be awesome. Yeah, be awesome. Uh, <laughs> can it run Crisis? No. Can it even render one frame in Blender BMW? Can it do that? Can it? Can it run? Can it display Crisis? That'll be the new benchmark. Can it display Crisis in 256 colors? Well, you could be like that guy who, during the height of the Bitcoin craze, there was a video where he manually hashed a result by you know with hand math. So, well, anyway. Uh, as Sebastian contemplates uh, what he's going to do to torture himself, let's let's move on to the next review. We've got uh, something that we teased last week, and it is. Oh wait, before what has Sebastian got for us here? You're you're muted. You're muted. I mean, I am muted because the furnace is going. I'm trying to be quiet, but you know, Pentium, MMX. I have it. I think I. The lowest Pentium I have is a Pentium 75. I don't have a Pentium 60 or 66. Uh, Pentium Two. I recently acquired this. You know, this is the kind of stuff that it's the kind of stuff that I buy for myself. Box processors, and I don't think I'm just an Intel shill and fanboy. It's just there aren't that many boxed AMD processors from back in the day. Because I gotcha. Did, they, there were hardly any box processors from AMD. Correct it was all. Wrong, but were were there retail boxed AMD processors before the XP? Like in retail packaging, like this? Not really. I'd never Not bought like one that. until the XP and yeah, the K6 and that. I, every time I bought one, it it came in a tray or you know, um, like just I a plain a white cardboard box. Me. Yeah, not even that. It was, it was a little plastic box with you know pink sponge in there. Yeah, yeah. 
And that's what the I still uh, got some of that pink sponge somewhere. Mm-hmm. All right. Anyway, pink sponge is a collector's item now. I, I think it's wrapped yeah. around my Cirex X or six eighty six. It's it's time to review <laughs> the GTX sixteen sixty Super, the, the seemingly never ending release of uh, Super cards from or or just cards. You know in what? You know what else Nvidia. is never ending from Nvidia? Sneaking in their release just a day or two before another release to make a reviewer's life as difficult as possible. Of course, they did well, this. That's... They did this with the seven seven launch because they sneaked their initial super launch on the second of that month and then you know everybody had to devote time to benchmark two new graphics cards while they were also benchmarking new processors and video cards from amd but anyway can can you spot the difference between these two cards no you're holding one by the golden fingers and one not okay good yes no these are these are both msi in their gaming series, the I don't even know which one is which without looking at the plate on the back. This let is me, the let me TI. interrupt you for a moment just yes. to show that Josh is rooting around his office for something. Oh, there you go. All right, here we go. Oh, okay. uh, it he, wasn't within arm's reach. Doesn't count. He, he saw us. He saw us. <laughs> Are those slot A processors? We have to wait for him to put his headphones back on. All right, Josh. And, is, un, uh, unmute. Putting his grado SR. Wait, are those SR? Two twenty five. There's one. Two twenty fives. Oh, there's one. Okay. A retail yep. AMD package. Oh, Ooh. A pink sponge. Nice. It looks like it's yep. faded a bit over time. Just oh, a little bit. Fun. Yeah, that was that was their package back in the day. Yeah. And this is actually the. It's not the two thirty three. I've got that somewhere else. But this is the K six one sixty six. It was the only one you can get. A long time because all the OEMs were buying the 200s and the uh, 233s, mm-hmm. and you didn't even lap the little lip off of it. No, it was the worst heatsink, you know, heat spreader <laughs> design ever. <laughs> yeah, that, that was the first chip I ever lapped. Gosh, what even was worse is when you find these old systems that didn't use any kind of thermal compound and they were using that heat spreader. Yeah, and I mean, as the K62 was the same stinking heat spreader. Yep. And then uh, this is a Pentium MMX233. You know, it had mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And then, yes, here's here's one of the originals. Oh, the gold top. Yeah. Those are more rare because so many of them have been melted down. So many pins. So many pins. And then, of course, you know, AMD had these for years. Caution. That was what they sent. And this thing is dusty, but it's a it's the it's the seven hundred. Yeah, that's some serious. Uh, some use, <laughs> just a little. Wait, is that a Thunderbird? Anyway. No, no, it's the. Uh, oh, it's just the original. Nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, you're making me read this stuff. It's just too hard. I'm too old. And to think back in the day, it was easy to read, eh? K750. So, yeah, this is one of the later versions. But not that. I'm looking at YouTube chat. Uh, Where are the wind chips, says Harold. Exactly. Do you have a wind chip? I don't have any. I've been watching one. Check eBay right now if you're interested in this kind of nonsense because there's a new in-box 
upgrade kit that's actually a windship if you check out the model it's like 75 dollars it's hey it's new and sealed but you could get yourself one of the worst performing processors if not the worst of the entire era and no we didn't i don't have any Cyrix chips either no i have one i have one i have like a dx50 the true king of mm -hmm. microprocessors yes mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but anyway okay so tell us what's up with the 1660 super I really let's just let's condense this because we've been talking for so long about other stuff the 1660 super if you look at it we're looking at the spec table if you're watching the video and if you're listening to the podcast go to pcper.com click on the review and look at the spec table i'll wait but if the base clock and boost clock of the 1662 super are exactly the same as the original 1660 the cuda core count is the same 1408 it has the exact same everything texture units rops same amount of memory, and it's based on the same TU-116 GPU. So what makes it super? They upgraded the memory from GDDR5 to GDDR6. And not only that, but they clocked it at the highest data rate that of the entire 16 series family. The, the 1660 Ti is 12 gigabit per second GDDR6, and this is 14 gigabit per second. So on the same 192-bit memory bus, bandwidth goes from 192 with the original to 336 with the super. That's gigabytes per second, which is greater. That's like 50 gigabytes per second faster than the TI. So they've created this weird product that starts $10 higher than the original. So the launch price is $229. And in fact, the card I got this time MSI had previously sent, like the last three or four cards I've got from MSI have been one of their Gaming X cards, which are the high factory overclock, you know, ultra fancy card with a pretty big premium. The one that I tested in this review is actually $309. So it's a pretty hefty $30 over the list of $279 for a TI. But even comparing a stock clocked, 1660 Super against the factory overclocked $310 version of the 1660 Ti, the Super was within two to four frames of the Ti. It's so close. Like we're looking at Far Cry 5 results. This is 1080 Ultra. It goes from 77.2 on average with the original 1660, and that's the game EX, so that's overclocked, to 95.1 frames per second. That's 23% higher on average and every, still like 95th, 99th percentile went up. Everything kind of scales nicely here. You only get about a four frames per second advantage moving up to the TI. It go from 95.1 to 99.1. It's imperceptible when you're playing the game. And there's a difference of 50 plus dollars between these two GPUs. And it, was, it was the same story in every game where actually most of the time the, the gap was much smaller. Far Cry 5 was the biggest win at four frames per second for this at 1080 Ultra. Metro Exodus, it was only 2.6 frames per second faster, the TI was, than the Super. And pretty much on down. And at 1440, kind of the same story. We're like one, two, three frames per second separating these in most of the tests. So I've kind of... Have, I look at this and the performance is so close to the TI, even with a stock clocked card like ours, 
at $229 that the pricing for the TI no longer even makes any sense. So either the TI is going to get a price cut or it would just be, I don't know why anybody would buy a TI we can get within a single digit of the performance for $50 or more less. Just pick out a stock clock 1660 Super and you're pretty much all the way to TI level performance. And the reason that matters is because they're not discontinuing the 1660 TI. They told media and our, our call before this launch that the 1660 and the 1660 Ti remain. They're not being discontinued. This is simply being added. So there's, I feel like there has to be a price cut coming. I'm trying to remember the results for the other supers. Is this a bigger percentage jump from baseline to super than the 60, 70, and 80? I think the 60 was about the same. The 60 okay. was a huge jump because you went up to stock RTX 2070 performance almost exactly. Although I, I don't know, it was it was within five percent. So this is closer. This is the this is the biggest jump probably because we're within that number. We're in the three to four percent range. So it's close. But yeah, it's twenty seventy might have been actually a bigger jump. It just didn't come as close to the next card. You got a huge performance increase with twenty seventy super because you were getting within five to ten percent of the RTX twenty eighty across the board. But the cost, you know, that was the bigger deal there because the, the 2080 was selling for $699 and you could buy a 2070 Super for $499 and get almost all the way there. But with, yeah, the 2080 Super was meh, you know, it was a few percentage points faster at the same price. So, I mean, if you're looking at the Super lineup at this point, if you don't need ray tracing, and depending on the game, actually, I found this card to be fast enough to play almost everything at acceptable frame rates. And by acceptable, I mean, like, you know, even the toughest game like Metro Exodus Ultra settings, 1080p, you're still getting well over 40, close to 50 frames per second on average. It's not ideal. You could play at high settings, which is honestly where most developers target game as far as quality goes. So 1080 high, 1440 high. And still have a very playable experience. And, you know, 1440 is a lot tougher on these lower end cards. If you look at the charts, it's the bottom three results in every chart where the 16 series lives. And it's not really playable. I mean, it's under 40 frames per second on average to do Metro 1440 Ultra. The only reason I even test at 1440 Ultra is just because I'm, I'm amassing this library of sort of reference benchmarks. And it's such a tough test that it, makes the gpu the benchmark but you know if they did not target 1440 with these in fact when the rtx 2060 launched they were not targeting 1440 with that they wanted you to be at least on the 2070 to be a 1440 ultra gamer and i don't know i if you're looking at an ultimate 1080 gaming experience unless you're playing a game like Metro Exodus on its ultra preset at 1080, where this manages to get about 48 frames per second on average and dips down to about 36 in the 99th percentile, then this is more than enough card. The, the, the biggest thing right now is, and I had retested an RX 580 for this review with the latest drivers as of like this week. And 
the the 580 lags pretty far behind. It's not it's absolutely respectable and it's absolutely playable. We're talking like maybe the super is at high 70s and the RX 580 is in low 70s depending on the game and of course Far Cry is probably the best example because that's a very AMD friendly benchmark but the RX 5500 the little navi card that they're they have specifically positioned that to be their 1080 mainstream gaming card that's not out yet I don't have one when that launches I'll be very curious to see how that compares to this GTX 16 series family but right now, if I have about two hundred dollars to spend, I'm probably going to find a way to spend two thirty and get the sixteen sixty super rather than buy an aging AMD card. But of course, I say that and anticipating this launch, AMD has lowered pricing. I haven't looked in the last couple of days, but AMD had been dropping prices on the five hundred series, the RX five hundred cards. And of course, they have game bundle promotions going on right now. So if you're simply looking to stretch your dollar as far as possible, there are great deals out there on Radeon RX 500 series cards, but it's an older architecture. It doesn't perform as well. And if you were trying to future-proof a little bit and buy a card for the next year or two, this is probably the best upgrade to the GTX 1060 NVIDIA has come out with so far. And if I feel like they've had multiple 1060 upgrades this year. We started off the year with a, like, at we were at CES. Jim and I were sitting in a meeting at CES as the RTX 2060 launched. And a lot of people thought, just because of the name, 2060, that was the 1060's successor. But the pricing was too high to make that really make sense. That argument didn't work because it was 349 at launch. And then the, the GTX 16 series came out kind of, as if to answer the complaints about higher pricing and NVIDIA, you know, forcing RTX on people and they didn't necessarily want it. So the GTX series is revived. The 16 series comes out. It's touring, but it's non-RTX. There are no RT cores. And, you know, we had the 1600 following the 1660 Ti, I think. I'm losing track. There have been so many GPU launches this year. And, of course, there's the 1650 what I forgot to talk about in this review, it was in the news post that accompanied it, but the 1650 is also getting a super card. Yep. And does anybody remember what the big deal with the 1660 super announcement was? Like, obviously, this one was just improving the memory and memory speed, but the 1650 super is going to be the same GPU. They're going to TU-116 with this, the 1650 now. So it'll use GDDR6. And it's it's going to be the biggest boost. Just looking at the specs, there's no way it can't be the, the biggest improvement we've seen with one of these super cards. If NVIDIA is going to continue to do super every year, that'll be the benchmark because it, it would appear that it'll be about twice as fast as a 1650 i will i can't wait to test it because i you you look at it and in every way it's a faster more capable card on a bigger and more powerful gpu we haven't heard pricing though it's the big thing like yeah maybe it'll be like a 1660 but how will it be priced because right now the 1650 is the sort of entry-level card 
Yeah. I mean, you look back to last October ish, whenever the RTX series first launched and obviously coming out of the gate at such high prices, uh, you know, like Josh, do you, do you think that they, that Nvidia's plan all along was to saturate the market with product or do you think that they saw that initial, because when I was talking to, uh, manufacturers at like, uh, at Computex time or not Compu, yeah, it was Com- Computex. Uh, there was some concern because sales were not as strong as NVIDIA had hoped and their partners were concerned. And so did the, do you think that they're leveraging their technology to make sure that they have a, a compelling product at every single price point? They don't want to cede any price points to uh, AMD or planning ahead to, to Intel? It, you know, it sure seems that way because you can't throw a rock on Newegg without seeing some different kind of skew. And... uh it's it's yeah i mean they they've got it covered from what 150 up through 1200 bucks and certainly the jump from RTX 2080 to 2080 Ti and 2080 super right that's that exists correct mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. yeah 2080 yeah, super is but at I mean, 99 price point and yeah yeah it's uh you know it seems that the mid range and low end there is a a tremendous amount of product there, but that's really the meat of the market as well. I mean, if they can offer some small boost for a few dollars more, you know, it's an advantage to them and their partners because you know they're they're pushing product at a higher level as compared to like, okay, I got 150 bucks, and the next jump up is 225, and I'm not going to do that. But you know, I got 150 and. You know, 185. Can you come up with 25 dollars? Yeah, it's you're going to upsell yourself if you've got more offerings in between those two big spots, and you know that's good for Nvidia. I don't know if it's good for its partners because there just is so much granularity in in, in that in that space. It's like you've got to have you know artwork and differentiated boxes and packing and slightly different designs and all this other stuff that that has to fit in this 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 product range yeah i mean you know it's it's good for nvidia but probably the the partners are paying a little bit more for it because they've got to put in the extra effort to to market these more and and to differentiate their products and they've got six different designs instead of three and so you've got you know a bunch of different pcb revisions and cooler revisions and then you've got you know, you've got a regular kind of skew and then a higher end skew that you change the components are and you got a different, you know, different source, all that stuff. And it's, yeah, it seems like from a partner level, it's a nightmare for NVIDIA. It's great because they can constantly kind of upsell from where somebody would be before just because it's not much money to get not a significant upgrade, but a reasonable upgrade in performance. Yep. And a special shout out to Jordan's family. Uh, apparently, we're we're the entertainment in the car this evening. So, and they hate so us. Sorry so for Jordan's done. family. <laughs> That's outstanding. Uh, I'm you disappointed. Know, and, I'm disappointed. You should have much better taste. I mean, family does obviously. They have to yeah. put up with Jordan. So, mm-hmm. I mean, their 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 tolerance is high. Jordan and his his delitted 3900X. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, so as as Sebastian uh, uh, said, you know, this it may not be it, it may be confusing in terms of the pricing and performance, but right now, 
this is a really good option as your, you know, your 1080p card at that price. And it earned the editor's choice award uh, from Sebastian. At least because, this, because I'm Michelle. I mean, that's well, why I was yes. obviously I was told to give it the editor's choice. So I did what I was told. Um, I did forget to make my wall of NVIDIA boxes, as I stated at the beginning. But now, now to be clear, this is, this is the MSI variant. So are you also an Asus and Gigabyte and EVGA show? I mean, is it NVIDIA? If, if they want only? me to be. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I'm very flexible when it comes to taking money from companies and have absolutely no integrity whatsoever. No, uh, I mean, I, I gave it the editor's choice. I chose to do this, even though it's an NVIDIA product, because it's such a good value. If you, I mean, within the context of this, like you could say 229, why couldn't it be 199? Why couldn't it be $100? But they have their margins. NVIDIA set the base price of this at 229 so their partners have to sell cards at 229 or higher until some kind of deal comes later on down the road where they're offering rebates to retailers to lower the price of the card down or they're getting some kind of kickback for doing this later on down the road. I don't really know how the partner agreements work, but to sell this level of performance for 229 is outstanding. And I think the MSI card in particular kind of shines because then it realized this. I took it out of the box. I wrote up the review I even emailed the MSI guy. I'm like, oh, hey, I just want to double check on pricing before I publish this. So I want to put the price in there, thinking this is going to be some step up. And he's like, we just sent you the gaming. It's not the gaming X, it's 229. And I'm looking at it like this has the same Twin Frozer 7 cooler that all the other gaming X cards has. It has the aluminum backplate. It has RGB lighting effects, which you can customize with their software. So they've, they're up their game as far as what you get for an entry-level GPU. So, I mean, I hate to say it, MSI, but I don't know why anybody would want to buy one of your pre-overclock cards if you're giving away fancy cooler design and backplate for the base price. So You're getting the milk for free, aren't you? Yeah, they're giving yep. it away. Well, this one, maybe I got a special version because I'm a reviewer, but if it already comes with the backplate and the, the fancy rgb lighting jim did you notice the last shot of the uh review where you can see the the glowing rgbs uh, in the yes very you nice could set it, that could be you you could have that glowing graphics card me i could oh yeah i could send this to you oh nice see sebastian gets can all replace- the hardware See, whatever you have in your system right now jim i'm sure you would love to move to a 1660 super well, I, I have the MSI 2080, even though it didn't fit in my case. Cause it's too damn is it long. a Super? Is it a 2080 Super? No, it's not a Super. It, See, it's you don't have one super of the originals. No, well, nobody sent are, me any Supers. I didn't get any old Supers. I'm, wait, I'm holding out for the Super Duper edition. Okay. So you're uh, the Clark Kent of the bunch. The Clark Kent? No Super. Oh, ha ha. Anyway... <laughs> <laughs> let's go uh, let's check out a review we've got something interesting i'm sure sebastian will have a lot to say about this being the audiophile he is uh mm. but we've got a review from chris coke and it's the uh mass drop sennheiser 58x jubilee headphones and if you're unfamiliar you know mass drop being the uh sort of uh i don't even know what, how did he describe it but like uh basically uh, you know they they, off, they offer up a product oftentimes the product is a custom edition or custom run from a partner manufacturer and people commit to buy it. And if they get enough people to buy at a set price, it, it goes for that price. And so what you end up with is often very unique products, keyboards, headphones, even things like fountain pens and stuff like that, uh, at, at really good prices. 
uh, compared to an equivalent product, uh, you know, at, at a retail price. And in this case, it's a Sennheiser, uh, you know, headphone uh, that uh, is, what is it, 100? Uh, I think uh, they've got a coupon going uh, or deal. It's 140 with the coupon. Yeah, so, uh, 160 otherwise, but yeah. 160 otherwise, 140 with, uh, and, and Chris loved these. Uh, I know, uh, t- tell us, Sebastian, you know, what's, what's your take on this? I, I don't know if you have listened to this class of headphone from Sennheiser before, but. So I have, I, honestly, Sennheiser is one of my areas of, of little familiarity. Obviously, I mean, the one that this is based on is a legendary headphone. It's, it's based on apparently the HD 580. Hence the 58X. This is a mass drop product, or rather, it's a mass drop X Sennheiser product. But even though it says mass drop on the box, they have since sort of gone through a corporate rebranding where they're simply drop.com now. And this is not a new headphone. I think they actually introduced this in 2017. But these things kind of go through batches, and this is the current iteration of it that they've just sent for review. Going through other reviews and his impressions, Chris's impressions of this. It seems like these are nicely made. They're comfortable. Obviously what matters is sound and Sennheiser's like this have an open back design. So they're going to have a little bit of a wider sound. These have, if you look at uh, Chris link to a head fire review, one of the early ones that showed the detailed measurements on these and they're a little bright. They have a little bit of a top end boost on them. So for somebody like me who's gotten Josh, who's gotten used to that Grado sound, Grados have quite a big hump, a boost closer to the two kilohertz range, kind of that two to four kilohertz range is boosted up quite a bit with with Grados and their high end is very high as well. So these are going to be a little bit kind of like crisp. Patrick today on Twitch was describing it as sort of a sizzling top end that... Although Sennheiser apparently has had a lot of criticism for being sort of veiled sounding where everything kind of sounds like there's a veil over it, not quite as clear. So it really depends. It's such a personal thing. It, I couldn't say that these are great because Chris thinks they're great. I have to listen to them myself. And then my opinions are going to differ from almost anyone else's just because of my own, my own ear training, like listening to headphones that have a particular sound signature for a long time. And then you go to anything else, even if it's technically and measurably better, it'll sound different. Than what you're used to so you may or may not like it but i look at things like for a gaming comfort uh so over long periods of time are they lightweight do they squeeze your head too tight do they kind of feel like the clamping force is a little too high you didn't have anything negative to say about these really the one question about the mass drop or drop stuff i think would be is the quality control going to be as high as it was for like the signature original product. Or if you found a pair of HD 580s out there on the used market for this price, would those be a better buy than these HD 58Xs? Are they going to be built any worse? I mean, if you could go out right now and buy HD 600s or these 58Xs, that's kind of interesting, but there's a huge price gap. That's why these become so um, tempting. They're compelling because they're less expensive, significantly so. You can go out and buy a $300 pair of Sennheisers, or you can buy these for $160 or $140 with the promotion code. And apparently Drop does things with like social media promotions and website promotions where they're offering these discounts out. So if you 
find one of the reviews or finds an ad on social media for one of their products, you're probably saving money. And that makes it even more uh, enticing, obviously. So 140 for one of these, I think I might even take the chance on that, having not heard them for 140. If it's if it's a really close to an HD 580, those are not cheap. So, so take Chris's word for it, and he liked him enough to give him a gold award. So, yep. And and just kind of to expand and clarify on what you mentioned there, uh, uh, so we we don't have any type of affiliate or partner deal with uh, Mass Drop or, or Drop, as I guess they're going. So we're not getting any kind of commission or anything. They sent the headphones to Chris. I believe he gets to keep them. Uh, so I guess, you know, disclosure yeah, on that. Yeah, standard. Yeah. Uh, but we're, and, and they offered this code so that if you buy the headphones through us, you get a discount, but we don't get any cut of that. There's no affiliate or advertising deal at all. So uh, just, you know, and, and I, I said, sure, let's do the code because why not? I mean, there's, I don't see yeah, it was any, just uh, a, any moral implication there. We, we don't make was, a penny was a URL. or the other. It yeah. was a URL. It wasn't like yeah. an Amazon affiliate thing or anything. It was just, hey, if you use this URL to go to drop.com, it automatically lowers the price and it's actually a, through uh mmorpg.com i think like that's what the actual name they put on the affiliate mm-hmm. link so anyway yeah chris writes for mm mmorpg. is it dot .com or dot i think it's dot dot com. Net, dot, yeah um so at prodigy.net at pro, yes uh copy mm-hmm. and uh mm-hmm. so check those out and i'll say too as a mass drop customer i've done a few drops through through them in the past or drop i guess i keep saying mass drop but uh through that company uh i've never had a bad experience the few things i've gotten uh, have been have been good and saved a lot of money former uh intern ken who at one point i guess was the eic here which doesn't make any sense but yeah for about six weeks (laughs) yep (laughs) yeah there's we can write a book someday about our experiences there but Ken used to link us stuff in our, our chat all the time, like Mastrop would have this or Mastrop would have that. And the, that was really where my awareness of Mastrop came was Ken posting product links. Yeah. It's like, what is this? It's like, yeah, it's a new, there's a new drop on that. Have you looked at it? Have you looked at the new Sennheiser drop? Like, I don't know what this is. I feel old. And uh, expanding on our disclaimers, Biohazard in our Discord wants to know what my personal take is for the promotion for the NHL. But- because of uh, you're the new owner of the Coyotes, right? Yeah. Uh, n- no, I wouldn't touch that franchise. But although I, I, they're, doing, they're doing all right this year, they're doing all right this year. But but I will say that I am completely bought and paid for by the Hartford Whalers. Used to be the Quebec Nordiques, but there was a True. bit of a a little bit of a, a, a disagreement there. So uh, Hartford, it is. Uh, wait, 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 and, wait! Didn't didn't the Nordiques go to Colorado? Both of those franchises no. are, are have moved. Yeah, the Nordiques went to Colorado. Hartford is Carolina. Okay, I was I was trying to make a joke, yeah, but uh, failed. Oh, well, I thought anyway. we were going to say that uh, EA EA somehow has some sort of control over Jim. Look at all well, those, they dropped uh, the mass anyways. Mm. Yeah, well, um, I, I I don't yeah, support we... EA anymore because they took the NHL franchise off PC. They they took most of their sports off PC. And they brought back You're Madden, uh, I think, last year for the first time. But NHL has yet to return, so so boo boo to that. But, but hey, uh, you know, go go Montreal Expos. Expos. That's right, Montreal Expos. They have won the World, it, Series. It, it World Series. World Series. You know, I I, uh, I I was I was trying to explain this to my <laughs> wife last night. We were watching Game Seven, and like you know, they keep on talking about the, they showed like 
Walter Johnson on the screen. They're talking about the first the first World Series win for this franchise since 1924. I think is what they're like. This is not that franchise. That franchise no. moved away. Mm. And this is the Montreal Expos taken who, from us. Montreal Expos who were founded in 1969. This is an expansion team that was moved to Washington. I believe the league took ownership or oversight of them because I'm not sure exactly what happened to the they go hate Canada. Before. Well, I mean the team wasn't doing well financially, I thought. Maybe it's all a conspiracy. Oh, I mean, it does happen when you tend to screw yourself over time and time again. But they are still my team. And so you were rooting for the Nationals? Hell, no, because that is the Washington Nationals. No, they're the Montreal Expos, Jeremy. You no, they are not. Oh, man. Like, do you, if you were a Houston Oilers fan, are you now a Tennessee Titans fan? Like, no. Do you move with the team? No? No. Just like the NFL doesn't really want to talk about the fact that the Cleveland Browns that exist now <laughs> are just some expansion team. Because yeah. the Baltimore Ravens are the old Cleveland Browns. I'm sorry. Yes. They simply moved to a different town, but they changed their name, which I, I don't know why they had to change their name, but I'm sure there was some reason. We don't want to even get to like into the Cardinals. Yeah. All right. God, no. Oh, yeah. The Rams. Uh, yeah. Or, true. yeah. Mm. What city are the Philadelphia Rams Athletics. Now? Philadelphia. LA, Athletics. Rams, mm. Phoenix, Cardinals. Oh, I'm oh, sorry, wow. the Arizona Cardinals, Josh. Yeah, we're playing this evening. Sorry. I don't know what the score is, but I feel bad because right. I, I don't follow. I, I up until now, living in the Cincinnati area, I had never lived in a city with a professional baseball team, so I just never, never followed it. Oh, you, you picked so. a, a winner. Yeah, and, wasn't, wasn't it Marge uh, Marge Shot owned the Reds? Yes, wow. very very famous and interesting Marge Shot. When no they won the World Series, nineteen ninety. Oh, yeah. okay. She's interesting. <clears throat> well, yeah. you know, of course, uh, when it comes to baseball, the nine Mets are my favorite squadron. So, you're a Mets fan? I was just a Simpsons Look, joke. I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what's what's true and what's not. I mean, <laughs> I mean you like the Bills. I do like, you like the, the Bills. So why wouldn't you like the Mets? Of course, uh, because you better not be a Yankees fan. Well, so my dad Damn was a Yankees, Yankees. fan. Uh, I, but again, I never really followed baseball. We, in Buffalo, we have the Bisons, which is a AAA team, which when I was growing up were the affiliate of the Indians. And then... Mm -hmm. What was after, their mascot? What was the Bisons mascot? The, the Buffalo Bisons. Bisons. Yeah, it the was Buffalo a, it, Bisons. It was a buffalo wearing a picture of a bison. Um, Wait, <laughs> what, what is a bison? I'm a little concerned about this. Or what? Bison. Bison? Anyway. Bison or Bison. bison. B I S bison. Bison. What I got here in Wyoming. You yeah. Have large bison herds. No, don't Josh, don't you mean bison herds? No, stop it. Let's go on to the next thing because it is ten o'clock. Yeah, well, no. the next 11. the next for thing me, is 11. that NVIDIA, uh finally we've been seeing rumors about this for a while. They finally updated their shield line of uh products, including or shield TV, I should say clarify including a new model that is this little tube thing cylinder that kind of just sits in line with your your cables behind your tv uh so they're running the the latest uh tegra one uh, uh sorry tegra x1 processors from nvidia and uh they've got some some new integrations for google and amazon echo but uh, jeremy yeah, tell if you lose us, your remote 
Uh, t- hey, yeah, t- tell us what, where's what, my this? remote, <laughs> and it will tell you, and it will tell you where it is. It's very dark in here. I'm scared, and I hope you can find me soon. But no, apparently, part of the voice uh, activation isn't just changing channels; it will actually, you know, play Marco Polo with you or or something, so that you can find the remote that someone hid, even though you live alone and haven't actually moved in a week but you know it's it, it's a thing uh, other than that it the, the interesting thing about it is we get to meet the tegra x1 plus processor and it'll be in both the shield tv and the tv pro so it's going to be interesting to see uh just what effect it has on usability we do know that it's going to have some great side effects as far as some of the new features we've got it will be fully compatible with hdr hdr 10 uh, just about any Dolby thing you can mention native 4k support at uh, 30 frames a second with upscaling because you know, Nvidia is pretty good at that right now and a, a variety of connections. Uh, as you can see, the basic one is about the same size as the remote itself. She's just a wee little thing with an SD card, although you can upgrade uh, to a larger SD card. That one you're looking at there is the pro. Uh, there you go, Jim. So it's resembles uh, a Hitachi product, more or less. The Pro, on the other hand, has uh, an SSD in it, and it's removable. You can upgrade it if you so desire, which is a lovely thing for some of these products after you've been using them for a while because you don't tend to replace these every year. Uh, as you can see, it's 256 cores in this GPU. So that's what you need need to do native upscaling to 4K at 30 hertz. Uh, or yeah, it's going to have a lot of stuff. It's Android TV uh, based on the Pi version of Android TV. So you're going to get the entire uh, stuff from Android TV. You get Chromecast. It hooks up with uh, Plex Nvidia games. It is still a Shield. Uh, at heart, so you're still going to be able to play games just like you did before. Netflix and just about everything else you can think of. Uh, Disney Plus, probably not at the beginning. Uh, its its support for Android and Linux is is abysmal, and price wise, it's not that bad for the basic model. You're looking at 150 dollars for the Pro. It's 200, so it sort of sits right in there at the the high end cable box. Uh, portion of the market. And if you really like yelling at the TV, well, now it's it'll actually do something for you, depending on whether you got Alexa or Google. And hopefully the remote's battery lasts a little longer because I've had the previous two Shield Pro iterations and the remotes are, the battery on the remotes just die way too quickly. Well, now that it talks, it might tell you. Yeah. Time to order another another remote. Because I don't think the battery is replaceable. But uh, all right, well, check those out then. Uh, if you're if if you're not satisfied with Roku or Apple or who else is in the set top market these days? Fire. Uh, oh, Amazon. Amazon. Uh, Amazon. Of course, yep. Amazon Fire. Fire uh, Stick. You've got uh, Shield as a, as an option there, as well as uh, you know the the Shield of all of those. The Shield is is probably the most customizable to. Uh, I don't know about this particular one, if they've locked it down in terms of security, but previous models, you could load uh, classic game emulators and, you know, do some, some interesting stuff there. And also it, it can serve as a Plex server in addition to a Plex player. So a bit more functionality and power there. So that's the, yeah, the so new... you can stream all of your Linux ISOs 
to your living room. Well, that of course, plus my was... robust library of public domain content. Yes, all yeah. the Charlie. And I'm very films. impressed by Jim's library of public domain content. Yes, by the way, like, I, I have. I, I couldn't believe library. how many classic public domain novels in EPUB format there were. It I was can the read, best like, of times. Canterbury Tales. It was and, the worst you know, of times. Yep, I can read. Call me Ishmael. <laughs> mm-hmm. I believe but, there was uh, at least two versions of the Bible on there, which I was impressed by. Um, well, it's a controversial book. You've got to account for the various uh, yeah. translations and interpretations. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about uh, AMD. Uh, uh, this is uh, uh, tech financial results reporting time. Uh-oh. And Uh-oh. AMD had some, some results to share. Uh, I'm sure uh, J- Jeremy wrote the post up for us. I'm sure Josh also has some some stuff to uh, some thoughts on this. So, uh, guys, tell us uh, what's going on with AMD. How did they do this quarter? It was their highest revenue quarter since 2005, I think. I, yeah. which is pretty good for them. It's not very good if you're Intel, but it's AMD. Uh, they made something like what 120 million net uh, out of the quarter, which is you know reasonable. Um. They uh they they went down in the enterprise semi custom, but part of that was offset. I mean, their semi custom really took kind of a nosedive. Um, we're in that kind of strange area with consoles that a lot of people have them and not upgrading. They see PlayStation Five in the future, next generation of Xbox. Uh, what is the code name on that damn thing? Scarlet. Scarlet. And so people are thinking of that. And so, you know, the semi-custom is, is not doing fantastic because that, that's their two main, uh, they're, they're two big customers. And when those two guys are in a lull, well, they're in a lull. But Epic did improve by something like 50% uh, with the introduction of Rome, quarter over quarter. And even though that's still a small number of, of you know, it's a small piece of the pie, it's uh, significant for AMD because this is a high margin area where they could make some money and Intel doesn't have anything that really competes well with what an AMD has in terms of cost, uh, infrastructure, cooling, power, you know, stuff like that. I mean, it's very, very dense, high number of threads, PCIe 4.0. The IO guys are pretty ecstatic about PCIe 4.0. I mean, it hasn't been leveraged much yet, but it will be. I mean, it's a, it's a big, it's a big improvement for, for these guys and these enterprise type solutions. Uh, their computing graphics, again, it's their first full quarter of seven nanometer stuff, both in graphics and CPU. So they had a jump there. And it's, uh, you know, it's a good quarter for AMD. I mean, they're starting to ramp revenue up. I would imagine, I think, that they were expecting around $2 billion for Q4 or Q3 when it all comes and shakes out. And so it's, uh, you know, it's, it's something that they've never really achieved for a long, long time. I think they approached $2 billion back in, like, 2004. But, yeah, no, it's uh, it's a, it's a, it's a good quarter for amd i mean again it's only a fraction of what intel has and what uh you know they can do i mean intel had another tremendous quarter because 
data needs and and compute needs are are so off the scale right now that both companies can do very very well they're not really cannibalizing each other sure amd could do a little bit better but we don't know a lot of the things about amd like you know how many seven nanometer chips they are actually going to get you know how many wafer starts a, a week are they able to do with tsmc on on seven nanometer and what is the the split in between graphics and, and and cpu i'd imagine right now it's it's very heavy cpu because that's what's selling radeon is is still kind of struggling as a brand but they're doing better so yeah it's uh you know it's 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 a nice step forward for amd and their seven nanometer push has paid off for them very very well not just in in you know where they, I think they see a lot of the the positives is in retail type environments, not so much OEMs. I mean OEMs, you know, sell to the retail market, but you know the new eggs, self builders. You know the, the it's like the the one place in Germany that they always talk about uh, that you know this this group sold off you know fifty five percent AMD processors this last month versus Intel, and it's a huge win. And well, it's not really a huge win worldwide, but it does show where kind of consumer confidence is, is going. And AMD has a good product, and they're making some reasonable money, more than they have in <laughs> in a long time. And the outlook yeah. for them looks really good, especially when we're considering all the 10 nanometer issues that Intel is having. And they're really leveraging 14 nanometer plus, 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 whatever. And uh, AMD has is, is got very, very small chips. And, you know, again, it's it's the philosophy of, of these chiplets, that they're well-designed, that they interact with their I.O. core very, very efficiently, and they can get a lot of these chips out of one wafer, and, and the bins and yields are are good. And so they can, you know, really mix and match. You know, obviously, the, the best bins are going into Epics. Uh, second best are going into the, the R9 3900 series and then after that they can you know mix and match and stuff with with below that and they're selling a lot of dies up and down the the entire range i mean there's stuff that's not getting stocked up i mean it's just it's just sell through is is really good and considering how books the the fabs are right now uh being able to get more good ships uh, out of a single wafer is is huge because you you don't have the ability to go back or ask for any more uh runs because it's already full it's already booked you get out of the room we've already got someone else coming in doing more stuff so yeah, this design hopefully is really going to pay off for them uh running along with with these chiplets and the fact that yeah, the the percentage loss might be the same as far as the surface area but it isn't as far as lost chips uh, as compared to Intel. And of course, the other fun thing is that next quarter, we should be seeing the third edition of Threadripper and the uh, one that we've been waiting for for forever now, the uh, 3950X. So it should be even more interesting come Q4. And then right after that, hopefully we'll have uh, Renoir for mobile, Zen 2 for mobile coming. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very, very good. Uh, 
I mean, we know Intel, obviously, as Josh said, they're, they're churning along. They're always making money because they have so many revenue streams. They're entrenched. Uh, but you're looking ahead. Everything with Intel is a question mark. Well, not everything, but a lot of areas are a question mark because, you know, they finally made it to 10 nanometer, but availability hasn't been very good. And it's one product, basically. And whereas with every, everything on, a, on the AMD side uh, coming ahead is positive. There aren't a lot of question marks. It's just a matter of timing and getting that stuff to market. So uh, good to see competition. Good to see AMD healthy and stable. Here's another uh, quick story as we uh, wrap, try to wrap up the news here this week. Uh, this is just something Jeremy found uh, that, uh, uh, there we go. Uh, it's the it's a story about uh, looking at Corsair's uh, one, the Corsair one desktop system that they sell. And uh, they, they, they introduced these at CES, I believe it was, uh, so early, much earlier this year. And it's an all-in-one kind of pre-built system from Corsair. And this is, of course, before they went out and bought Origin PC. So, you know, this was them uh, expanding on what was originally their Bulldog system, which was sort of a, a, a half DIY to a full-on pre-built system. And who, who did this? It was... Um, I'm sorry, I forgot who it was. Tech Tech uh, Tech Gauge uh, did a review where they said, "Let's let's compare the Corsair One to a system we build uh, in a traditional chassis as like a traditional DIY." And they found that the Corsair One did really well in this very compact chassis uh, housing an i9 9900K. Uh, yeah, but RTX scroll down 20. for the reveal on how compact this chassis is. Oh, yeah. And because when we saw these at CES, I was really impressed with how small they were, and but a little skeptical again because of thermals and, and Corsair. At that point, Corsair's lack of experience in this area. And you compare, if you're looking at the video version, there's the picture of what TechAge um, did here with their, their traditional DIY system on the left, and then that little relatively tiny Corsair one, uh, chassis on the right there. And despite the size difference, the Corsair, uh, performed very well beating their system in some cases, or when it, when it didn't win, you know, coming in just behind. Uh, so, uh, you know, check out that, uh, that review. We'll have a link in the show notes to this, uh, to this article. Uh, but it's a, it's a nice little system. I mean, you're, you're still going to come out ahead uh, in terms of like pricing if you do it yourself, because there is a premium on these Corsair One systems. Uh, yeah, the ninety nine hundred K and twenty eighty Ti they did is thirty five hundred bucks. Okay, and then what was the retail on this? Um, you can yeah. get them for a little cheaper if you go for less, but yeah, thirty four ninety nine I think. Yeah, so so the Corsair yeah, the Corsair One bucks. model they spec was thirty five hundred, and then. Yeah. Can you build a system? You can certainly build a system for less than that uh, with similar specs, but there's probably eighteen to two grand. Yeah, but you won't. It. it uh, but just look at the difference. What would you rather have sitting on your desk? But uh, all right, so check that PC out. I built with my own two hands. Sure, <laughs> sure. Well, although really, when you get into small form factor stuff, that's really impressive, and they're not just shoving off-the-shelf parts and there obviously it's kind of like the apple trash can thing where you have to have like just a gpu pcb with a custom cooler on it and there's the yeah. airflow i'm sure they're using convection plus like rising air up the top with a fan and i mean they looked did you, you saw these right sebastian uh at their press event uh at ces the course they ones. had them there they weren't i don't think they were 
we weren't going into any great detail on them but well i mean i just because yeah. when you see them in person they're really nice looking i mean a oh, lot yeah, of yeah. A, a lot of the companies like corsair that started getting into selling their own pcs like nzxt for example th they'll sell you a nice pc but it's it's more of a traditional like they're just building it for you they're not doing much custom work whereas this was super custom clean lines good engineering it looked really cool and my only concern like i said was you know how's it going to perform and from we, they never sent us one they they said they were going to no. send us one we never got one uh unfortunately but uh it looks like you they look performed the other small well. form factor thing that we did see quite a bit of at ces a couple of years ago was you remember when msi came out with kind of their answer to the then mac pro design where yeah was and they had the backpack one yeah yeah well, the back we're talking about the backpack pc yeah, yeah. but yeah. they had a cylindrical system and if you looked at the teardowns of it it was not great and they had shoved bigger heat sinks in there and it just kind of like shoved Was that it the all one with the big in. fan in the middle at the top the yeah. vortex yes the yeah, MSI vortex. okay if you compare the msi vortex to the corsair now. one the one is much nicer better internal layout it's just a matter of are you the if you're a hardcore diy type person you just physically there it is make yourself spend $3,500 on a PC you could build for less. But if you're looking for a pre-built system that's very small, and we're talking like probably occupies a smaller footprint than the 2013 Mac Pro, like the Vortex, we're looking at the Vortex video if you're watching the video here. And a high-end Vortex with a 6700K and two GTX 980s was four grand, a single 960. Oh, it's SLI 960s. I guess it was always SLI with that, wasn't it? So twenty two hundred bucks and up. Well, it it had to match the Mac Pro, which was Mac a Pro, dual GPU right. system. Speaking the of Mac Pro, when, when is the Mac Pro the new one supposed to come out? Uh, said the fall. I mean, it should be any yeah. day now. Uh, I like how NKBHD on Twitter was showing like a calendar. Like, uh, no, he googled like you know when is fall, and it showed him it was from September like 23 or something until December 21st. He's like, okay, I guess the Mac Pro is launching December 21st then because that's still technically fall. So hey, who knows? I would be surprised if we saw it next month. But yeah. Well, uh, so anyway, let's move on because uh, we are going a little late here. So ch check out the Corsair One. Uh, check out the review of the Corsair One over at TechGage. We'll have that link in the show notes and, uh, and hopefully that will let you know if that's the system that you want to buy. Uh, turning to some uh, sad, uh, not sad, but uh, bad, bad news. I guess, Jeremy, uh, there's uh, some issue with some saved games or, or something uh, where there's a virus or. I wish I had more time I was better at Photoshop because I really wanted to grab the to do list from the Untitled Goose game and add infect a system to the ah. list of things that the goose would do because this was just hilarious. It was a security researcher that realized uh, the way that the save game codes work uh, doesn't actually check what's in said save game. So you could just sort of email somebody your, hey, check out what I just did in the Untitled Goose game, have them load the save, and it would just run whatever code it sort of felt like along with loading up the save game. So you nice. could infect somebody, and it, it just... I mean, apart from legal reasons, this would have been a brilliant feature for the game upon release. It, it, it just, for someone to figure that out and then just take the goose out of the computer and into someone else's, I find deeply, deeply amusing. 
don't worry, it was patched last week. Uh, so they held off announcing it until they'd had some chance to push out the updates. But for that brief moment, your goose could have got out of your system and ruined someone else's day instead of just that little villages. And I must have missed this. What's what is this game? This game is freaking hilarious. You are a are goose. You the, are you the goose? It's okay. like a well-polished yes. goose simulator. Yeah, ah. except it's a little more like uh, there's a stealth thing to it. Uh, <laughs> it it's, it's so far beyond just goat simulator, but you, you essentially there's this lovely little village and you are a horrible, horrible goose that is out to ruin everyone's day. This poor kid, you've got to undo his shoelaces so that you can steal his glasses and then steal his plane and make him have to buy it back. <laughs> it's, it's, yes, there you go. That is what you do. Oh, good. You know, we've had some, uh, some recommendations that people want to see us resurrect PC per plays. Uh, this might be a good one to start with. I'll have to, yeah, I'll have to look into that. So is the game, is it, is it early access or? What's the uh... uh you can get it on uh the epic game store oh okay well <clears throat> but yeah there is anyway. some metal gear solid to it that that's part of the reason i broke down and did it gotcha. now i don't feel so bad considering that my steam vomited all over my monitor this morning holy crap i i was surprised yeah, that updated that... as well that's been out in beta for a while because I, I i didn't uh i've had that been avoiding it for a while and i'm god yeah but EA, ea is coming back to steam baby that's probably their fault hooray origin uh, returns yeah yeah anyway uh so it, it's halloween but also uh happy birthday to arpanet 50th birthday mm -hmm. mm. uh and uh, remind the younger audience uh, who am I kidding? No one under the age of 35 is watching this show. Uh, yep. But, but <laughs> theoretically, How dare you? Oh, but there, there, there's don't lots. Be, don't be ageist. Yeah, <laughs> under just come on. So Paul, Paul, Paul's like 55 and he retweets our stuff. So come on. Well, no, I said, I said under 35 is watching our oh, show. Oh, right. Wait a minute. Yes. Sorry, We're nothing yeah. but old, right. old people here. Yeah. But so, yeah. so, uh, Arpanet. Wait, Jim, uh, how old are you? Are you, even are you even 35 yet? I'm 36. You're 36. Okay. Wow. Yeah. You're still the youngest. Hence the barrier on age. This year. Yep, that's it. I'm I'm the lower limit on on the audience. But I'm uh, the so yeah, I'm the oldest, and he's the one paying me. So that tells you how crappy. What kind of life, life choices have you made, Josh? I mean, poor, really, absolutely crappy, poor life changes. I, Josh, you just be, know how horrible the loss you'd be. This should be the Penn Star Sis podcast. It should Josh be. should be writing the chance. Well, I, hey, I, Josh missed his chance. You know, I should be working in Intel now, making mm -hmm. six digits. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just want to clarify, Josh, under no circumstances would you want to change places with me. You are getting the oh, better end on. of this arrangement. <laughs> have, have you seen my head? Uh, okay, well, hey, but where this, there's hair here, there's also a lot more kind of all over so <laughs> well i mean I gotta, you are lebanese so i'm Lebanese. Yeah. i gotta tweeze you're, out you're of my like ears a, you're a brillo pad mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. that hey I, I remember when i turned 30 and it seemed like all of a sudden by magic i could gain like two pounds a day if i wasn't being careful 
and I also had hair growing out of my ears for I, I'd never experienced that before and it was like getting longer I didn't notice it the first time I got my hair cut and the girl was like do you want me to kind of trim this up for you like what and like oh I guess I have a lot of uh, hair just coming straight out of my ear I'd never mm-hmm. even noticed before that was fun well that, I guess that's one of the nice things about yeah. alopecia it just takes care of it for you just, just it yeah it's you are you are just aerodynamic by, I, by default I don't have hair in many you just don't places. have hair at all, Josh. Let's talk more about this. It's like I wax podcast. my legs. It's so bizarre. <laughs> anyway, well, anyway, uh, so so ARPANET fiftieth anniversary. <laughs> so uh, uh, there's a good uh, co- couple of uh, articles. Yes. <laughs> all right. You know, many the degrees hairless, of separation. The mm-hmm. hairless people who developed the precursor to the modern internet <laughs> were pioneers well, in their fields. NetBIOS was all by bald people. All right. Let's my get wife, to the Jim, by the way, I have a text from my wife from 10 minutes ago. Apparently she was watching at some point and said, I got all excited because I thought Jim was a Mets fan. He says, and apparently you're not. She is a Mets fan. I, I just I don't understand baseball. I mean, I understand it. What do you mean never you don't understand baseball? It. All right. I just never got. I, I didn't. I like for 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 some period of time the bison the bison's bison. However, I'm mispronouncing the AMD bison's. Yeah, the AMD the AMD bison seven thousand. Uh, mm-hmm. they were the farm team of the Mets for some period of years, but it was after I moved out of Buffalo. So, I'm sorry. What does this have to do with anything? I don't know. Picks of the week. It is America's pastime, Jim. You sound like you sound like a Canadian right now. Ken Burns oh, even like, did a full I like hockey. thing about it. I have oh, NHL yeah. games behind me in my. Hey, uh, Sabers are doing well. Video Sabres feed. Is, they're all the, 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 they'll yeah, be uh, screw Buffalo. They they've done well uh, so far, uh, but they haven't really faced a strong test. And in the few games where they have faced a strong test, they lost. So, <sighs> but hey, we love ourselves, Ralph Kruger. He's our coach, anyway. And 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 Josh Allen is a huge fan and and pulling the city together for yes. all of your sports mm. teams. I'm we sorry love to hear Josh. that. We love we love uh, that Wyoming boy uh, who's that our connection. Yeah, yeah, yep. one Buffalo, one Buffalo, as we say, or because you know, our owner owns both franchises and wants to synergize the marketing. And uh, yeah, all right. Someone uh, is going to monetize the Eschaton. I I don't know. Sure. And, and and for our our, our Bay Area uh, viewers, Logan Couture, the San Jose Sharks player, he's a Buffalo. Well, he's from golf, so uh, and uh, you know he's he's Canadian, but he's uh, a Buffalo fan, Buffalo Bills fan. So was that Guelph you just said? Guelph? Is that golf? Guelph, Ontario. Jim has his own uh, dialect that he has come up with. All right, bison and golf. Picks right. of the week. Jeremy, what do you got for us? Uh, nothing, but I, I did my, get a new thing. So I, they reached out to us uh, to see if we'd be interested. So I'm going to check out this a fancy little color corrector, the uh, Spider Pro X. And look at that. Ooh. It's uh, going to be interesting to test. Uh, I've been rocking this Huey Pro for God only knows how long. It's got to be over a mine. decade or so. Yeah. Uh, well, they were easy to lose. It, it is literally this big, and 
if you lost the CD it came with, well, screw you. Because they it was Pantone. And so you either owned it or you didn't. And if you lost the CD and wanted it to work again, well, you could buy a new one. That would that would be nice. We don't really sell them, but you, you could buy one. So I'm kind of interesting to see what the, the new generation can do. Uh, th- there are some, there is a more expensive uh, model of this, which can do significantly more, uh, but also significantly beyond my means to test. So I, I said, you know, let's just go with one that, you know, would be within the range of someone that's looking to get decent color off of their screens. And one of the big things is that this will do multiple screens. Whereas even with the, the Huey Pro, it was technically multiple screens, but not really. So we'll see just how this has changed and uh, maybe even sneak it in a bit at work and see what uh, the graphic designers there think about it. So hopefully I'll get that up in the near future. And uh, and I'm, I'm stuck with my Spider Elite 5 or Spider 5 Elite. So yeah, mine's Boom. an X, man. And we are just like everything else nowadays sponsored by data color. Uh, As Jeremy said, they sent that one to him for a review. So I don't even know if I get to keep it or not. Yeah. And I bought this, you know, several years ago out of, out of pocket, but they're, you know, they're, they're pretty good. I mean, just to, again, further uh, prove that I've also got the I one display. Oh, nice. Oh, wow. And we've been, we've been using, uh, the reason I had these out is I was looking for whichever one most quickly allows me to just verify screen brightness for laptop calibration for battery life testing so i'm surrounded by color color meters and i used to use a colorimeter for color i used to use one of those for brightness testing gym and then i just ended up buying it's probably within arm's reach but i ended up buying one of those light meters off of amazon it's just yeah you just turn it on and you hold it up against the thing and you get the brightness so that's probably where i should go but i just i had these and uh Oh, I get them, you. Needed a solution. But uh Josh, what have you got for us? Uh, you know what? Wow. Drop the mic, sorry. You sure you, you certainly did drop the mic. No uh, memory is is still getting cheaper and cheaper. And uh we ordered and bought these because they're extremely dense. Two by thirty-two gig DDR4 thirty two hundred which works well with the Ryzen R7 3800X that we bought for work. Guy doing a bunch of AI stuff that could use the threads. And uh, better still, uh, he actually has workloads that take up 60 to 64 gigs of memory with AI stuff. So, yeah, they're not cheap. But they're not out of reach for people who really need them. 64 gigs for $342 is... It's a little cheaper at Newegg, but they're out of stock right now. But yeah, it's 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 glorious to see where we are going in terms of memory density and price. 64 awesome. gigs on two sticks. It's coming yeah. fast. Yeah. The 64 gig, but the 64 in just the two sticks, the you know, 32 yeah. gigabyte dims. That's yep. That's good. That's, that's actually a relatively recent thing. We just saw those. I think at the beginning or middle of this year. I think the first 32 gig sticks hit. And isn't Corsair the first to have like overclock 32 gig dims? 
because they I think they yeah, they got like thirty six hundred I think yeah but that's yeah it was the 30, it was twenty eight hundred when I looked but that was back in like yeah. May or June or something yeah what kind of timings uh, are we talking about here it's sixteen whatever oh it is okay it's pretty yeah. low. This is kind of standard. I mean, most of the kits you see are like 16, 18, 18, 38 or something yep. similar to that. Yep. Gotcha. All right. Well, Sebastian, what have you got for us? Okay. So this is uh, along the lines of a stress reliever. Think about those desktop things you'd see in the sharper image catalog or something. But I guess this is a technically aimed at kids. This is one of those. I didn't know what this was at first. I thought it was a small drone. It like is a fidget not- spinner with a safety cage. Well, it's it's got all these sensors on it that look for objects, and it works far better in a, in a room with decent lighting. But you turn it on; these things cost about twenty dollars. I think this one was around twenty-two on Amazon, or this one actually came from Costco. But what it turns on, you see the green lights. Once this leaves your hand, it just starts flying on its own. In fact, I could launch it upside down; it'll right itself, and then move around and try to avoid hitting things. And if you Tap the side of it, it'll fall. But otherwise, it just kind of... Of course, <laughs> of course it of course, doesn't for this work. this demonstration, it doesn't work properly. But this, my son loves chasing this thing around. And as you get close to it, it doesn't... It'll avoid you. So you can, like... You can play catch with this thing by holding out your hand. It'll go the opposite way. And they can... They, anyway... <laughs> You can play keep away with yourself. You don't even need Apparently extra the batteries. Maybe you need to recharge the batteries. <laughs> now is this your, like it's, it's screaming? <laughs> is your kid gonna have a Pavlovian dis- response okay, and come so, running down? No, so when the battery is low, the lights blink red. That's apparently the problem with this. When it's fully charged, it actually pops right up and just starts flying around and hovers around. But yeah, apparently this one needs to be charged. And this is this is the. Uh, uh, Weird Tales mini drone flying toy. <laughs> well, that was the closest operated. one I could find. They, they, there's, they only make one of these things, and all these different companies are selling one under their own brand name, and they have them at Costco. You know what really but, sucks? Those, those don't fly up at my altitude. Oh, they really? just drop to the ground. Wow, mm. oh, The air is thin, and those things. I mean, we had some of the air hogs. That my brother sent me. He's from like Texas, and we tried flying them, and it just wouldn't work. Sorry, yeah. though, the plasma TV is still the funniest damn thing. The plasma with the buzz because of air pressure. Yes. Uh, wow. You turn on your TV, and you have this forty hertz buzz, just constant, and. Yeah, I never bought a plasma TV at this altitude because of that. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, let me finish up. Uh, I've got a pick here. So uh, it's Halloween and things are scary and some. Oh. (laughs) As if a thousand souls screamed out in pain. But uh, uh, data loss is scary, and I had another family member who contacted me when after it was too late, and they had had a computer crash, and they had lost irreplaceable data. So, you know, we all talk about it. You all know, but some people just don't do it. They don't back up their data. You want to, you know, ideally do a three, two, one backup strategy, but at the very least, go out. I, I picked this one. I don't care what brand. 
buy an external hard drive at the very least, hook it up to your NAS, hook it up to your PC or laptop, where you know wherever your data is. If you're an Apple user, you can use Time Machine. If you're a Windows user, you can use the built-in Windows Backup. There's third-party tools. There's rsync. There's there's lots of things you can do to automate a process of getting things backed up. Do it. Don't wait. Go do it. And and uh, any data that exists in only one place may as well not exist at all because one tiny little problem, one uh, effed up Windows update, and it's gone. And it's gone. And then you call somebody like me, and I got to listen to you cry because you lost pictures of your kids, you lost mm-hmm. your tax returns. Just you know, and and if you're and but if the you real are, stress is not saying I told you so. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and if you are someone who does know that, you know, pay it forward and go find someone in your life who doesn't, and bring them in and and get them get them hooked up. We, or you know, Backblaze, Carbonite, you know, something online. Just don't face the terror of losing your data. Back it up. Uh, you know, little PSA, I guess, uh, on that. But uh, that's the show for today. Uh, thanks for joining us. Hopefully, uh, for those on the West Coast, we didn't interrupt your trick-or-treating too much. Although, you could have just put us on and like a monitor in front of the house and scared all the kids away. So, you know, that's, that's the service we provide to you. But uh, we're glad you could join us. Thank you so much. We do these Wednesday nights at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific, 2 a.m. UTC. I got that right, I think. Uh, and you can join us at pcpro.com slash live or catch all of our episodes after the fact pcpro.com slash podcasts uh i guess that's all for tonight until uh until next time uh have a great week and we'll see you then